I wish I had any good anecdotes. From the international? From anything, from life, from being alive, from wandering around this miracle planet we live on, experiencing the wonders that is being alive. You know how much, you know how many anecdotes I have from that? Three? No, this many. Oh. None given, none offered. Sean! What? Ha! Hey! Jacob! Seanaman! It's not my name. Why does everybody always do that, though? Seanaman, Seanathan, Sean... I think it's your name. It's because of Jonathan. Seanry. Seanry. Oh, I would like that. (laughs) (laughs) Je m'appelle (laughs) Seanry. I would love that. It's the power is yours. (laughs) Power taken. Yeah. (laughs) What were you saying? I wish I could read the entire... Continue, Seanry. It's really nice. Can I call you Shane from now on? <laughs> oh my god. Are you like a new teacher in the seventh grade? Shane? Shane? No, it's just Sean. Scene says a teacher. I'm like, oh, this is going to be a good class. <laughs> I've got a real worldly educator here. <laughs> Never been outside or Looking seen for James Bond. <laughs> that was a lot of crisp mouth clothes laugh there. Ready to read for. <laughs> You're laughing Return at your final Gannon. boss and double dragon. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh, yeah. There. <laughs> <laughs> what was yours? Like, I can't even do whatever that sound was. I don't know either. Nobody knows. <laughs> God, what if what, an entire Squarespace ad read by a pig? <laughs> <laughs> That's pig. Wow. Yeah. That was good. Huh. I kind of want to make a website. <laughs> <laughs> This episode is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one platform that makes it fast and incredibly easy to build your own website, portfolio, or online store. And right now, when you decide to sign up for Squarespace, you can go to squarespace.com and use the offer code THUMBS to get 10% off your purchase and to show your support for the show. Start a trial with no credit card required and start building your website today. I will. Esta hoy. We'll see. (laughs) What? This... No, it's Spanish. <laughs> I don't know that language. Sean Reed does. Well traveled. <laughs> Shishia. Let's do this. Griffin McElroy. You say McElroy. I know it's McElroy. I'm sorry. Okay, good. Just so you know that it is McElroy. I know. I just when I look at it, my brain. Wait, what is it? It's It's, McElroy. It's McElroy. Oh, no. It's not McElroy. No. It's July 23rd, 2014. (laughs) Fuck me! No! (laughs) 
This is Idle Thumbs 168, maybe? Yeah, probably. I'm Chris Remo. I'm Jake Rodkin. And I'm Sean Vanneman. You're back! I'm back, guys. You're back from your travels. Your travels around the world. Your international travels. (laughs) I did have international travels. They ended disnationally, though. Oh. In the the fine nation of China. Mm. Yeah. For people who don't know what I'm saying, uh, I went to the (laughs) International, which is a video game tournament where they play Dota 2, and uh, the finals was between two Chinese teams, uh, VG Gaming and uh, the team that fucking won, Newbie. I imagine VG Former Gaming stands for video game like gaming. Was that a resentful thing that you just... That it was all China? No, you the, the, the team that fucking won. Um, no, I wasn't really rooting for Newbie. Uh, I can't necessarily say why. I I was impressed by, like... So they... The way the international is structured... I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome. Uh, they took 16 teams, uh, narrowed it down to eight through like a whirlwind week of Dota, which was last week. And then eight teams competed uh, in the um, actual arena uh, in Seattle. And in the first round of 16, Newbie was like on the verge of getting knocked out. And then basically like went on a murderer's row run of getting, of just destroying everybody to get into the tournament and um, played themselves right into the final. So they got to sit around for four days and wait for somebody to challenge them. Wow. And then they were just, and then they just, it was, there was no mercy, none. It was, they took the lunch money. They took the shoes, (laughs) pushed the kid in the dirt (laughs) and walked off with the girl. It was really, it was a beat down, but um, I don't know. I don't know anything about those guys, but uh, they were not, they definitely weren't my favorite. Who was your favorite? It kept changing because my favorite kept getting destroyed. Like I've always been a Navi fan, um, mm-hmm. but Navi like crowd favorite. Yeah, they've they're. I mean, that's like sort of like saying you're like a cow, like a like a Chicago Bulls fan in the nineties. Right. But um, yeah, I've always been a Navi fan. They they were beaten, and then I sort of switched to EG, and then they were beaten, uh, and then by the end they, I was going for Vici Gaming because they're captain had uh, sure be, been very like sort of charismatic in the interviews mm, yeah, yeah, yeah even in chinese which is a pretty amazing actually uh, that it holds up to translation you mean yeah yeah you could just tell with his energy that's cool. and what's funny is with these chinese teams especially there's this player named rotk who is the captain of vg gaming he is like having lived in china like seven years ago for nine months i don't think a you're referring to yourself, not yeah, this guy. Yeah, me myself. A young man from, like, it's his attitude towards sort of just communication and excitement and enthusiasm and, like, what he's doing is one that was is, did not exist when I was there when it came to just sort of being very uh, open with, like, like being gregarious mm-hmm. and sort of, like, talking shit a little bit. Uh, and it definitely felt like it was... Something I'd never really seen before, like a young 23, 24, um, like, I guess he's probably now upper class, but like middle class sort of like educated Chinese person being so like on it with the sort of, with uh, just with, like whether it was talking shit about other players, but in like a fun natured way mm-hmm. or uh, um, really being open with concerns and anger or whatever this is not the personality type that you yeah encounter. yeah it was yeah. like it feels like and the international definitely felt 
like very much the product of our times. So I remember standing there with like 10,000 people in this arena going this, how is this happening in America? Like how, how is this, how is <laughs> right. this here? Yeah, yeah. It looks like, yeah. yeah, it looks like you're watching a, I mean, either an American sporting event or a South Korean right, sports event. Right, the most event. grandiose Korean Star- StarCraft tournament that's ever been put on. Yeah. Well, theirs are like that. I mean, theirs are just straight yeah, up I, I like that. I remember seeing video of yeah. Korean, of South Korean just, StarCraft just, tournaments and being like, that looks fake. Right, but that see, looks like a scene the international from looked to yeah. me like, you, like the scale of the screens, the way that it was lit, like it just looked expensive as fuck it i'm not was, saying it yeah. wasn't i'm just yeah, saying yeah. like there's precedent for that oh yeah no for sure in this country's sporting events and in that country's esports events and probably sporting events too i just don't know anything about korean sports but i used to watch a lot of starcraft so but it was really i mean it was the whole weekend was really fun and the tournament was really well put on by valve it was bigger and more intense than i was maybe prepared for yeah but it I was the, the, the pictures yeah. you took and put on the Dota Today Twitter feed were bonkers. Yeah, it was crazy. Like the scale was perceptibly huge compared to the previous. Was, yeah, is this, yeah. Is this, the this previous only thing I can compare it to is like I went to the Miley Cyrus concert this year, and it was like that. It was just like <laughs> fucking crazy. Yeah, so many people. Yeah, I mean this the previous the ones one. were in a symphony hall, so it was. Yeah, yeah it's ten. T- it was ten times bigger than yeah, any that's previous bonkers. one, and it was filled up. Yeah, it was sold out. It, it sold, sold out, out in fast. like an hour. Yeah, Jesus. Yeah, it was <clears> nuts. It was absolutely nuts, and floor seats were like. Well, it was actually really great. They did a thing where it was like for 500 bucks, <laughs> you can get a VIP ticket, but it basically allowed you access to the entire arena. So you could go up to like the, the VIPs, like sort of like the players everywhere where there's like luxury boxes is a basketball stadium, right? Right. So like the owner's boxes with that entire like ring was cordoned off. Like teams uh, so and you, had that, you basically had to have a wristband. Yeah. So if you had a VIP ticket, you could go up there. And I, I, I believe so. It was teams, their families, Valve employees, and like people who had bought VIP tickets. And they like Valve served them like breakfast, lunch, and dinner a few days. They had them like to the studio. They had a bunch of like different sort of events over the course of t- over the course of a week. So it felt actually like a pretty good value. You got into the party, which was open bar and open food. So like for f- a week of entertainment, it's actually not that crazy to spend $500, but they really, I think put a lot of value into that ticket. That seemed like, but I remember being like, who would spend that much money on that? Um, but even then floor seats, like regular seats were over a hundred dollars. So, wow. It was nuts. Absolutely nuts. I've never seen anything like it. So you'd say valve shipped something this year. <laughs> More or less. Yeah. Yeah. They shipped, I guess, a bunch of money to China. That's what they yeah. <laughs> shipped about $8 million to the People's Republic of China. So crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, newbie won f- over $5 million. It's nuts. Absolutely nuts. There was a guy on the losing team who was 17 years old or 16, Siler. He made 300000 maybe, personally. Crazy. I was watching Cuckoo. the I yeah. watched the semifinals and the finals on the newcomer stream. How is the how was the newcomer stream? I liked it. It was good. I mean, I I talked to some people who had been watching it who were like, "This is still completely impenetrable to me," which I can understand entirely. Like, they there'd be no way to make a stream for non like real Dota players and have it be so fundamental that if you literally know nothing about the game, 
Right, you can't watch it's like, impossible. the height of professional level play and then have that be yeah. 100%. But, right. but it was way more comprehensible to me than the normal commentary, which kind of just washes over me. And like right. I perk up when they get excited, you know. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they'll say instead of just saying and he gets a whatever off, they'll be like, so the thing that this does is this, mm-hmm. you know, and they just got used to just always saying that. Right. You know, and so it's always cool. I liked it. It was fun. Um, also... Uh, at the end of the finals, I think they something happened where they just like the stream just went off. It went to like color bars. Mm-hmm. It was like and then like flickered back on, and it was just like basically watching B roll with <laughs> with all the audio from the thing that was being filmed, but not the commentary. So it was like shoes squeaking and like people kind of walking around and like people in the background being like, wait, wait, you, was so you want to like, order, order pizza? And blah, 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 blah. <laughs> um, I actually heard about this. It was just like a scandal. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah it was hilarious. Because I kept it, like, it on the whole time. You could hear announcers basically being like, what the fuck was that? Yeah, yeah. yeah they were just uh, like talking to each other and hanging out. Which was out. very much... So last year at the end of the International Alliance, which is a Swedish team, played Navi, which is a mostly Ukrainian team. And it was the greatest five matches of Dota ever played. It was literally decided by one play. Like one guy used one skill, stopped a thing from happening, and the game was over. And... Everybody went shit house, and everybody was just buzzing for days. This was the exact opposite. <laughs> <laughs> this was Vici Gaming had one strategy, which was like we need to win in under twenty minutes, and that's the way they picked their team. And when they were stopped, they were done, <laughs> and they would literally quit. They just said like a game because they knew they couldn't come back, and it happened three times, <laughs> and it was over. They thought the final might go to like five or six, and at one fifteen, we're like, "It's over!" <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah, it was over really early in the day. Yeah, it was over really fast. They started at like just before eleven, ten forty-five, ten thirty. It was not exciting, but I mean, I don't know. It's funny because this sport is so new, and you get that sense a lot of times where it's. I'm not saying they shouldn't be able to say like they shouldn't be able to say we give in or like knock the king over basically if you're playing chess you know like uh, mm-hmm. forfeit. Be given like that's that a classic a game, Starcraft thing though, right? Yeah, to given that able- it's a game of strategy, but in a ten million dollar tournament with that many like half a million people watching, yeah, online, why not go for it? Like you kind have of, at least like the thirty five minute GG clock, like yeah, yeah, or just sort of not even the GG clock. I don't think it should be institutional, but as a team, right? Like yeah, why would you not? Just- like in established sports. I think. Why would you not allow for the amazing comeback? Right. In established yeah. sports, you often see like a fighter will lose a ma- will lose a fight. You're like, you know, I just wanted to put on a good show. People come out here, people, you know, put their money forward to see me fight and I fucked up and I feel bad for my fans, but like, you know, I owe it to them to like give it my all. And I'm not saying that VG didn't give it their all, but you got to They knocked down like one tower in one of these matches. Like you have nine. <laughs> You have nine towers yeah. plus your ancient, you know. I guess you have more than that. You actually have eleven. But um, do do yeah. how do people react to that? Because I remember um, well, not I, well. That's what I would imagine. Because I <laughs> yeah. um, again, like I said, Nick, like Nick and I used to watch a ton of StarCraft. Maybe he still does. I don't know. And um, I remember there was a period of time where like a few American players actually American and like and Canadian and like 
some Europeans started to uh, like foreigners, I guess, is what they're called in that scene because they're not Korean. Right. Um, like started to do decently in like the actual Korean league, mm-hmm. um, as opposed to like MLG or like, right. whatever uh, worldwide leagues. And uh, and I and this guy Greg Fields Idra, who goes by Idra, um, I remember like he's known for just like being a hot like a hothead, like mm-hmm. having a real temper and like being really aggressive and like trash talking and kind of being, you know, having, having a temper. And, uh, I remember there was a game that he, where he was like basically in a strong position and like, you know, potentially on route to like win the game possibly like, and I, and he, he encountered some setback and just rage quit. He mm-hmm. was just like, fuck this. And he like GG'd out mm-hmm. or maybe he didn't even, maybe he just quit. I can't remember. <laughs> and, like, and it was such a huge, like people were so pissed about it Yeah, because it's like, why would you, why would you not just play this out? Mm-hmm. I mean, people definitely quit out in Starcraft because right. there are definitely, there are for sure times where it's right. like, this is over. This is absolutely yeah, yeah. over. But also I've seen games of Starcraft and I assume this is, this can happen in Dota too, where people come back from amazing. That happened a lot. Like, in Do- that happened a lot in this tournament, actually. I mean, DK was playing this team LGD and they had, it was a best of three and they were playing at like seven o'clock at night. And then they were picking it up in the morning to play two. And DK, which is sort of a fan favorite team, three Chinese guys and a Malaysian guy and a Singaporean guy. Uh, established guys who've been around for a long time too um just fucking stomped lgd who's a chinese team and i was talking to like i went over and i was i was kind of i watched the beginning of it and then i was like man this is oof, they're off to a good start and i was like i'll go, go next door and see if like i was looking for somebody and i ran into mark laidlaw from valve and who i haven't seen in a long time i was like oh man mark laidlaw my favorite people on earth <laughs> and uh so i'm talking to him and we're looking at the game and I look up and oh, by like, the game you were referring to the Half Life Three build that he was showing you. <laughs> yeah, ab- yes. Okay. Absolutely. Obviously, obviously, naturally, of course. So we're looking at our Half Life Three. He build. pulled out his Android and showed it to you. Yeah. Well, his Android was actually connected to a like new 3D device that nobody's really seen yet. Mm-hmm. So right, it was actually yeah, yeah. He actually just touched it to the side of my head. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he did the, the bump. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Works on brains now. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna. I was gonna. I had. I was gonna keep going <laughs> with it, but um, it's like thirty six to ten or something. Thirty six to fifteen, and we're just like, ugh, this. And then kills, we start getting kills, like, kills. Yeah, it's kills, which is not yeah, how yeah. you win, but is a good. But it helps. Yeah, it, it's a good indicator of the stomp. And we're talking, and we're looking up, and we're like, okay, like, oh, LG is really hanging with it. Like, I can't. Like, this is why. Like, this is. And I actually said something really disparaging, because like Chinese Dota generally is like never GG. Like, never give up. Like, fucking Goonies-style, like, a 100-minute match. I mean, you were there for that really long one mm-hmm. last year. And I'm like, oh, this is the... Uh, see? The, God, this is the problem. And LGD fucking came back. And they just... Like, it was just like... Like, I don't even know how to describe... DK had it completely in the bag. And they just started playing to not lose... And LGD was able to make a little something out of nothing mm-hmm. and just that's always take the, that's that grain of sand yeah. and turn it into a pearl and defeated yeah. them. And they were so sad. The arena was just like, didn't know what to do. Like everybody <laughs> was just like, oh my God. And like, we saw one of like one of the guys we saw burning like from DK. A- yeah. Afterwards. And it was just sort of like, don't even like go near whatever's <laughs> going on over there. Like they were fine. They were professionals, but it was an insane beatdown. And then to go into the final and see, VG not even 
like really Contest, make an attempt. Yeah. And I mean, there's a I think there's a decent Dota argument to be made for like they couldn't, but to see them not in the final with so much energy and so much pomp and so much so much circumstance was just like sort of like everybody yeah, walked away sort of. I think like not mad or anything, just sort of a general unsatisfaction. We're just like, oh, that was yeah. the end, I guess. Especially after like twelve days of insane Dota, and it just sort of ends on this. Congrats, guys. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Well. Really fun, though. I cool. expect we'll hear more on Dota today. Yes, we will. <laughs> we'll definitely be. At http colon slash slash lords.management. Is that real? <laughs> yeah. That's, that's totally real. That's that, real. That works? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. a real website. <laughs> that's really good. Yeah. yeah. Oh. <clears throat> darn. How is the Destiny beta? God, Destiny. Um... <laughs> I am so conflicted about this game. It's weird. It's weird. It's we- I find it like oh, is it very weird? weird. How I is do. it? It's fucking weird. Destiny. Is- it's weird. Destiny is a game that when you play <laughs> it, weird. You can feel how like how weird it is. <laughs> no, God, that's- no. <laughs> you can feel the ways in which it's a bungee game, right? Like you can feel the lineage from Halo for sure, mm-hmm. but also it just kind of feels like what other games feel like now mm. just way more big and ambitious and right. like money behind it it's it sounds like how i felt playing titanfall yeah that's kind of just, where i landed with titanfall like, as well yeah like oh i've played something kind of like this before this is really crisp yes yeah yeah this feels like a game that these guys even made. though on the surface it's doing a lot of things that are like crazy and right. big and you but know, also like, other studios are then starting to ape those very like it almost seems like shooter fundamentals. There's especially when you look at the Infinity Ward school of shooter versus the Bungie school. Yeah, of shooter. those are both schools that yeah, are established. You know? exactly. Although, like well, the way the a Bungie jump feels in a Bungie, less, full, less. But things like the way a jump feels mm-hmm. is that held over in Destiny? Like the way it feels, yeah, to yeah, jump yeah, in Halo. Yes, yeah. stuff like jumping, stuff like aiming, which is I think Bungie still does better than almost anyone, and that that is like that kind of feel extends to their UI, which Jake talked about. Like a month ago, and I think is incredible. I the think Destiny the UI, in that UI game is like is one of the so best things. Good. It's Ugh. so pleasurable to use and really clever. And like, it's so complicated, but it feels mm-hmm. natural. Like you're dealing mm-hmm. with so many layers of shit. Mm-hmm. Anyway, sorry. Yeah, yeah. It's like, game. it's got the, the, um, yeah, just a quick detour into UI. Like, the Destiny UI achieves the level of UI complexity that you can get with like a desktop computer, but with two analog sticks and basically two buttons, right? Because you got confirm and cancel. Right. And it like, makes me want the Destiny UI team to now just try it for no reason to make like a civilization or real-time strategy game as their own separate team because <laughs> right. they could yeah. probably if make If those guys fucking... had made that instead of Halo Wars being made by Ensemble, which was a PC company, right? like that could have, I mean, imagine what they could have done with that given the, because the guy who did the UI for this game has been there for since like Halo Two, right? Yeah, I was going to say since even Halo, Halo, since Halo like, One. Yeah. So I mean, it's as it, you see its lineage. Yeah, and stuff yeah. like that is great. I love knowing things like that. Right, like that guy has just been there. The, he never had to do something like this before in a Halo game, but he fucking figured it out and he did a goddamn good job. Like it's impressive as hell to me. Yep. Um, what's a bummer is that that exact thing that I just said is not how the game itself feels. Like I hey, so. This is a a game with instance, like MMO style instancing kind of where you have a big shared hub and then from the shared hub, 
you know, where people are all running around and like jumping, waving at like you assume the first Everyone's thing dancing and farting and yeah, whatever you the do. The first thing that happened when I loaded in, someone was like, like fart knocker 42 points at Remo fart knocker 42 dances. And I'm like, okay, I guess this is a bungee game. Yeah. <laughs> Weird. Um, whatever. That's fine. I guess. Um, so you run around, you like upgrade your class. You know, you, you obviously you start by creating a character. Oh my God. Character creation, by the way, I love the hair on the human characters is incredible. So good. And the like humanoid aliens or basically yeah. emo humans like the, the hair is so awesome. I made, uh, I made a, like a woman character with this like swoopy kind of gray silver hair that to me just looks like it comes from 70s era sci-fi in the vein of like Logan's Run or something. Like I'm kind of big beehivey stuff, but not actually like, but like that more or? stylish than yeah. that, but like stylish in a very like huh. dated way, but but confident you know what i mean like right. the the even though it's dated it is so like directed that it doesn't look just like embarrassingly dated i don't know it's cool i love the hair in this game it just it's really it, it doesn't look anything like what most hair in in like just shitty hair in <laughs> video game character customization <laughs> what what i love the hair it's good they did a good job <laughs> A lot of this shit... <laughs> Not since Monsters Incorporated has hair been handled so deftly <laughs> in, with CG. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to apologize for this. Nobody's... No, no, no. It's okay. Um, so, anyway. So, yeah. All these things around the margins, right, are great. Like, I love that. The I, UI and the hair. They're both really good. That's... I mean, honestly. Like, so, we're assuming our, like, magazine pros and cons sidebar. Definitely UI, UI cons. The game. It's <laughs> cons core game loop. Mostly, yeah, the, the design of the core features, such as shooting, yeah. running, jumping. Okay, well... <sighs> Deathmatch. It's even... It's more granular. <laughs> Long than, load times. It's It's like... <laughs> hope they, hope oh. they fix all these things when it's out, yeah. by the time it's out of beta. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, in, like, two weeks. Um... <laughs> Uh, what? <laughs> just, just the way you said really... that sounds like like you like a yeah in two weeks. <laughs> That's always what those previews are like. I know they're like the game shipping in a couple weeks. We're confident that the developer will be able to plug all the gaps and like <laughs> just pointless. So you want to talk about <laughs> De- Destiny? <laughs> I guess. I guess I'll actually say a real thing. Um, so you get into the game and you, the I was really primed to actually like it a lot because of these sort of. I guess kind of service level things, but stuff like the UI is so, um, that's such, it's so unusual, the UI in this game, and it's done so well that I feel like it counts for more than something like UI necessarily would in a, in a shooter. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it's so unusual, but also so good that I'm like, this is thoughtful. Like, this demonstrates a complete like lack of just taking the shit for granted. Mm-hmm. But then you get into the game and you get from the like main hub into the instance stuff. And it starts to just kind of feel like the way every massively multiplayer or pseudo massively multiplayer game is structured. Like you get your little new mission on the thing. You go there, you have to like, you go from the hub into the like environment. Was and it then, the same content from the alpha where you're I in that, the area with like the, uh, like the wreck like space shuttles, and you've got to go into the cave, and there's a weird like witch floating around. Oh, yeah, that, from the that moon. was like the second mission, I think. Okay, right. It was the first one in the album. Oh, maybe, but... okay. Well, maybe maybe I can't. I I'm pretty sure it's the second one. In this one, maybe it's the first one. But yeah, I played a bunch. I played a lot of this. Game okay, and because I wanted to make sure I was understanding what it was about, and um, 
and you you get you go from the you from the you know the I, the hub area to the like main landscape and then from that into the instances and it just feels like this is just what happens in these games like it all feels very arbitrary to me it's like i get that feeling that i get in mmos of like this content is just disposable because i see everyone else jumping around doing the same things i'm doing and there are cool parts like being able to join into a world event just because other people are also there and are doing something and it's like, oh, there's this crazy like a large scale version large of a enemy. journey type thing or something? Or like Yeah, like there's a there's an enemy on the map that gets spawned and it's like you if you, you know, are in this area with these other people, you're all doing it together now, even though you're not in the same party necessarily. Right. And you know, you all get to have this fun experience together, and that stuff's cool. But be, the way that the things that have to happen to a game in order to make all this stuff seamless, things like instancing and level like um you know, allowing for character levels and allowing for all these different character classes and allowing for different loadouts and allowing for loot um, in, in in the way that they do loot in this game, which is a little bit different than most MMOs, but fundamentally not that dissimilar. And, uh, like, all these different things just kind of squish the possibility space of the core game loop down from what it is in something like Halo. Like, in Halo you have your different difficulty levels, but that's, that's it. Like inside the game, you're running around, you're picking up different weapons as enemies drop them. Like you're flanking enemies. You're there. Like the damage that they take and the damage they deal is precisely tuned versus what your character is capable of. Right. Um, it's like, it'll, because the, the setup is so simple, but within that, I mean, within that simplicity, there's an incredible degree of complexity, obviously, that the game is churning away mm-hmm. at. But in terms of the stuff you as the player have access to, it's very straightforward. It's yeah. like you choose your difficulty level. There's the level design and enemy placement. There's the weapons that are just in the world mm-hmm. that you can pick up and discard at your leisure. And all the complexity comes out of how these very well-tuned systems all interact with each other. Whereas in this game, it's like, you can have one of a billion different guns, some of which do 25 damage, some of yeah. which do 26 Ugh, damage, some of which do 27 damage. So What's you're funny never. Is I know that's in the service of, of like upgrading your guy and getting more stuff. Like yeah, that's but, what people let's what's the design achievement they're looking for is like, how do we make our games more grind, like more levelly, you mm-hmm. know, and like earn like rewards and really like feedback success. But I feel like Halo multiplayer did that. Like I feel as if. The aesthetic upgrades that were peppered all the way throughout Halo Three. Yeah, they were sci- they were like signifiers to other players. Like this person's a badass, right? And people really were. But they after were a badass only because they actually were. <laughs> exactly know? right, and but it didn't mean that they were. You know, there was no different level. There was no right. The level was right. was just it was ranking the way StarCraft or Dota ranks. It's you, just but the, not. It's the it's infinity mortification like, of exactly, these type of and games. that's and yeah. that's what I don't like. I, I don't play like it, it and, I'm, and it, a a wonderful like thing about Halo Combat. You know, within the context of, I mean, say wonderful. I'm being effusive here, but like, I, in terms of combat in a video game, I think it's great. Like you you don't need to see like health bars in those games most of the time. You know. Like these enemies. Okay, cool. I'm gonna. It's completely you start based to internalize. It's completely based, it's based on, on feel, feel. Yeah. and look. It's based on like okay, 
there's the there's the jackal guy with the shield and the sniper rifle. If I can get around through the little notch in his shield, he'll reel back, drop his shield. That changes like how easy he is to kill now. But I can see it entirely. I know that if I headshot him once, he's dead. You know, I know that if I have a sniper rifle and I headshot one of the big guys, it'll punch through their shield. They'll reel back a bit and I have a second to get another shot in. I know that if I have a pistol, I'm going to headshot that guy four times. And this makes it sound very clinical, but the reality is it's not. The reality is that allows you to play in an, in, in like an extremely reactive, extremely intuitive, fluid way right. because you start to understand the rules of the world and you're constantly right. co- like riding the wave of all these variables. Well, it would be really boring because, if the AI wasn't so good. Exactly. All the dynamic yes. elements weren't so right, good. Right, exactly. Yeah. Whereas in this game, they have a lot of that stuff there. Like line of sight is still an incredibly important thing with AI and that's something Bungie's always been really good at that I think is like one of the top things that makes their combat so fun. But enemies, so many enemies in this game are just meat socks. It's just like he's got a big health bar and you just pump rounds in them until they die. And like I end up in very exploitative behavior where I'm, I'm like, okay, this guy's got this big ass health bar and he's got a ton of shields. I'm just going to bring out my sniper rifle and sit behind a wall and just peek out and keep shooting him until I have to reload, go back in, break line of sight so that he doesn't, so that he can't hurt, hurt me right now. He'll just keep firing at the wall, my last known position. I'll peek out again, and I'll just shoot him more. And I just did that again and again a lot of times. Not be, I could choose not to, but through a bunch of trial and error, in mm-hmm. a lot of cases, that was just the most efficient thing And it just to didn't do. feel more interesting to do it a different way. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I would try, and then I would eat shit. And then because of the way the structure works, um, you of these instances, you get bumped all the way back to the beginning of the instance, which is like fine in theory. And I can imagine if you were in a group of people that is really cool, but it bums me out that it's tuned so specifically for that. Cause like this, this is a dumb thing to like say in a way that sounds like I'm bragging, but like I, I play Halo on legendary. Like I play Halo really good at video games. I'm not, I'm not that good at a lot of video games, but like, would you, would you you call yourself? Let's be honest, Chris. What? What do you... I can't even... I don't even know what you're going for here. I mean, what type of gamer would you say you are? Oh, like an extreme gamer? I don't know what you're getting I at. would say you're probably a core gamer. Oh, a core gamer. Would That's you say true. a true gamer? Like a true <laughs> core gamer. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm an OG. Let's be honest. Let's call a spade a spade here. Yeah. I'm a spade. A core gamer. I love spades. The game Spades. <laughs> I love... I love... <laughs> with, my, with my aunt. Gin Rummy. <laughs> Gina. Playing. Bridge. Pinnacle? I love it. Origi- How do you feel about Pinnacle? Pinnacle? Cribbage? Yeah. I love Cribbage. These are good games. And I'm core, a gamer. Core games. <laughs> These are core games. Destiny, not very <laughs> similar to Pinnacle in my opinion. <laughs> what, the, what's, what the fuck, Bungie? Con, not like Pinnacle. <laughs> Pros, the UI, the hair, con. Too dissimilar to Pinnacle. <laughs> For this core gamer's taste. Editor-in-chief Chris Remo. I, for one. <laughs> 83. <laughs> yeah, it actually would be like an eighty-seven because it's fucking bungee hair. Yeah, yeah. It's got the bungee yeah, bum. Yeah, that's true. Um, but that stuff just bums me out to play. And the thing is, so I I know that there's no parti- there's no reason I should expect Bungie to just make another game that's just like Halo. That's actually kind of a depressing thought, right? right like right. that's not actually. <laughs> but they do owe it to you as a as a longtime fan <laughs> and core true. gamer as a core gamer. But the thing that. <laughs> The reason I but can't wait I, to find Chris's fortune. I have like an internal, <laughs> an internal counter to that, which is they did just kind of make a game 
that's like Halo, but less unique. Like they, they took a game that they had in their wheelhouse mm-hmm. and they did the things to it that everyone else is already doing right. to their game. It's a game that is so much more ambitious than Halo, but has so much less conviction. You know, like mm-hmm. it, Halo is such a strong self <laughs> Like our design. favorite presidential candidates. <laughs> so ambitious, but without conviction. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> and I mean, that's a really, like, it's a harsh thing to say. And I don't, like, I feel bad saying that because obviously there's, like, hundreds probably of people at Bungie who, who individually fucking knocked it out of the park with, like, the shit that they worked on. And there's a lot of parts in the game that are just straight up good, that are really good. You should just say um, all this to the Bobby Kotick painting above you. <laughs> just look at him when you yeah. say this. But I, I can't – when I play it, I I can't help feeling the ways in which they just had to make it more like other games for it to work. And I'm – you know what I mean? Right. Like I, and that just and bums me out. you mean for it to work? Like you mean for it to be like an initiative for it to be like – Yeah, to, to, justify to justify being like the biggest yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. You know, you run around and like – Ammo is just generic. It's like whatever ammo for the primary gun you have, it'll just refill that, which is fine. It like, feels like Borderlands to me. Yeah, it does feel it's like got, something yeah, like Borderlands. The, it's got some Borderlands stuff in it. I mean, well, when you said that you could g- craft guns that are like maybe it's 24, 25, or 26, like, is there like that random roll Borderlands gun roulette stuff? Um, I don't know how that stuff's generated. It's not so – at least what I've played so far, there isn't crafting per se. What happens is you find these like artifacts and you take them back to the tower – which is your hub, and then you give them to this guy who turns it into an actual gun. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know how that's generated, right? Like, I don't know what the algorithm is to... I don't know if that's picking from predetermined guns, or if it probably has randomization, because there's tons of them, right? There's pr- it's probably like Diablo-style, Borderlands-style, some stats are randomized within a con- yeah. set of constraints. That would be my guess, but I don't, I don't actually know, so I'm not going to declare that to be true. But, but, it, but the result just feels kind of mushy to me. It's like... I guess I'll just equip this one because it's two better than the one I already have. And I like guns that are like this. But it, it, it has none of that fluidity of in Halo being like, fuck, I'm out of, I'm out of weapons. I'm going to grab this needler that this guy I killed just dropped. And like, I'm not good with needlers, but I'm going to make do. Like that, that's an awesome a part of that game. You know, it's, like, again, I can't, I shouldn't just expect that to just apply to this automatically. It's just that the basic combat model is actually Halos, essentially. So it feels like that combat without a bunch of that stuff in it. Without the ability to have the sort of, like, anticipatory knowledge that you get from, like... Without the ability to kind of walk this line of holding all the variables in your brain, but not quite being able to contain the entire possibility space in your brain. Right. Right? Like, that's, that's what Halo is incredible at, that I feel like very few other shooters do. This game... The possibility space is poss- maybe bigger, I guess, than Halo's, but it it averages out to be a lot more the same. Like, enemies are in very clear waves, and, like, if I... I just feel like I, I'm able to game it so much more easily than I did with Halo. And I... the So when I play... Um, when you go into a, an instance in, um, in Destiny... I don't know if there's going to be more difficulty levels in the final game, but at least right now, it's just normal, which is, like, sort of tuned around the level you're at, like, plus or minus one. I'm, I'm not sure what the rules are there. Or you can choose hard, which is usually, like, tuned for, like, three levels or so above you. So I did hard for most of them, um, which is what drove me into that regressive behavior, which is so I went back to normal mm-hmm. um, and and had more fun. But it bummed me out that when I went into the hard mode, I kind of just knew it was, like, 
these guys are just going to have way more hit points and right. like, be harder in a, in a very normal way. Maybe that's what's happening in normal Halo 2. I don't really know necessarily all the things that change to make the difficulty levels change. I don't but, know, man. It feels like those guys get way more aggressive in your fucking grill on hard. I mean, that's probably and true. And that may be that, like, yeah, and that may be true of this yeah. game too. But because of the, the way the systems already kind of crunch themselves together, well, it has regardless stat, of difficulty yeah, level, it, it just feels... stats, right? I mean, that's yeah. like the... It seems to be the most fundamental difference is a gun that does X number integer damage. It doesn't exist in Halo. Yeah. They don't tell you that your plasma rifle does. Yeah, you start to intuit that stuff through yeah, knowledge. Yeah, that stuff is you all know, through like like on a, a relative Experiential scale. knowledge as opposed to like literal knowledge from a screen. As in life. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> when you As in yeah. killing aliens in life. But I mean, if, you, if, I know. if the aliens came down right now and you <laughs> ran out in the street and you scooped up somebody's like Glock that was sitting in the street. Oh, yeah, you'd eat shit because you don't know yet. No, all I'm saying is you don't pick it up and go, oh, I know how many foot pounds of, of like, of, of the payload like of force. this yeah. 110 gram <laughs> slug is going to do yeah. to that alien armor. Maybe that's the secret meta story of Destiny, though, is that with all of these soldiers that are going out and fighting these aliens, all of their guns are reporting information back. Yeah. So they're recording a massive statistical database of what it takes to kill these aliens to the exact digit. And maybe those aliens <laughs> are actually not the real aliens. They're science aliens that have been crafted for this knowledge. They're Google aliens. What? For the, the like the farming of the data. They found out that in 30 years, these aliens are actually showing up. So they right. have to kill the hollow aliens now, which we have. We can simulate well enough to collect numerical gun data on, <laughs> but we don't know. I don't know if that plot holds. I don't know if that's how this is going. Let's see how Destiny shakes out, man. It's only in beta. We don't know. They still got a few weeks left to tighten up that story. God, speaking of stories. <laughs> that story that we just made up. <laughs> You're welcome. The this is this game really reminds me of a thing that was that's true in a lot of games, not just this one, but many, many games. Is that it's really hard to make a game that is supposed to be about a sense of like Destiny. mystery and wonder of the unknown and like high stakes happening. And then put that up against like repeatable content but also, that everyone's and, bouncing and around. It's an through. MMO, yeah, yeah. But even more fundamental than it being an MMO, that you just kind of churn through waves of these. Like the Wizard stuff reminded me of that. Like as goofy as that is, a game where they actually really were interested in making something that had some degree of mysticism to it and was like, it's a you're fighting something called a wizard and it's a game with laser guns. You're like, all right, I'll see what you're I'll, like. <laughs> I will. I will. I'll bite, you know, but then, <laughs> you know, you will. Yeah. But yeah. then, but then you go into it and it's just like, put bullets in it till it's dead. That's, that's your interaction with the wizard. Right. And it's like, <laughs> oh, all right. I mean, I mean, that's a pretty, so it's the same as anything in a video game. Always. That's where I would start. Just may... <laughs> if confronted with a wizard, just put some that's... bullets in it and see what happens. Right. But and if, that was, if that, if it was a game where like you had a whole game and shit happened, then at the end you fucking pump a wizard full of lead, then like, yeah, that's, that's impactful. Right? But not if on level two, you kill three wizards. You killed three wizards at level two? I think two? maybe you just kill one. I don't remember. But, like, but... I'm so confused. I mean, the wizard was just a big alien. Oh! Yeah. He was just, like, a sub-boss level... It's, it's just using... another... It's just another enemy that you kill. Like yeah, this game ones. does not just have, like, um, like... Epic space sorcerer, like with his puppet hands. I thought leering. it was a beard. This is not like this is not like situation. Admiral Thrawn, uh, <laughs> heir to the Empire cover, grade <gasps> wizard looming over this this story. That's not happening. But what I'm saying is, even if it were that, 
in reality, it would collapse down to you kill things. Can you confirm that? You that see what I'm saying? Like, that's what makes, like, this game basically looks like. Well, it's a shooter. I know it is, and that's fine. I'm just saying, I'm not, this is not a sole criticism of Destiny. It just reminds me of it because it's even more like that being an MMO with this, like, infinitely repeatable right. content and this, like, designed to be churned through. Like, mm-hmm. it just brings it to the forefront of my even more, but it's not specific to this game. It's just a, it's, it, it's just kind of becoming increasingly difficult to deal with for me in games like this that they want you to accept like a very high concept story mm-hmm. that is like ostensibly about uncovering things and like ha- having all these sort of emotional reactions to the things that happen but it just always it just always collapses down to the exact same repeated interaction that you do for hours on end mm-hmm. like it just makes things mundane well, it's like your mom puts the chore chart up on the fridge and she'll only give you 3 pages of the novel at the end of the day when you actually mow the lawn and done the dishes and do your homework <laughs> right what I don't know if it's like that. What did Susan oh. Rodkin? What was her? No, that was only just that was a different thing. Oh, I had to do a lot of chores to get a Nintendo. Good. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. No, you're right. I could though, put up with that though in a single player game. I well, I can. I, it's easier to in a single player game for yeah. sure. I've still there are still single player games that I think overplay that hand, but it's a lot easier to deal with when they're when. Everyone isn't also bouncing through all the. I same never find stuff any of the combat in any Bioshock game like particularly like awesome, but I'm gotta but get to the end. If Bioshock Infinite also had a hub world that had the stakes of Booker of Booker and Elizabeth's relationship raising and all these things happening, but at the same time you could just be like, you know, let's go run through that marketplace again, get more loot, and then all of it just ran through a second time. That would be insane. But you just yeah. like yeah, not good. Just gonna. Not that I haven't said enough shit already, so whatever. Oh yeah, this game weirdly, <laughs> for being a game that that is basically weird, ha- that is weird for being a game that is basically Halo with per- character persistence and stat-driven kind of mechanics incorporated into combat. It also just looks like Halo combined with Mass Effect. Like that's the visual style of this game. Mm-hmm. It's weird. It's it is preci- I know it is precisely the the visual touchstones just look like what the source of the game is. It's odd. I mean, I guess that's just I guess it, it's a natural line to draw, and I'm sure that wasn't the deliberate you know intention, but it kind of ends up looking like that for me. Right. I don't know. The aliens look like Halo aliens, but just a little more Mass Effecty. You know what I mean? I don't know. That's fine. I mean, that's not like terrible or anything. It's just a thing I observed. But the hair was all destiny. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The hair was like, man, the hair on the player character is just amazing. It's so good. I just wanted to make more characters. You probably could. I know you can. Yeah. I've only really made characters and run around for a handful of minutes. Mm -hmm. But I do really. Did I already talk to you about this? I do really feel like you have to play Divinity. Oh, I really want to play Divinity. Yeah. I feel... I, I already can tell there's a good game there. What is... I, but Divinity is a Diablo. Divinity Original Sin. Oh, right. It's a Diablo. Yeah. It's one of those down, Diablos. One of those Diablos. Yes. Or not... Yeah. Uh, like an action RPG. Yeah. I know nothing about this game. I knew nothing about this game. Nothing. Li- literally nothing. Uh-huh. I knew the name of it, and I had an inkling that it was like a Diablo. 
Yeah. <laughs> Jane is into this game. Big time. Yeah. And I went to New Game, saw some pretty That's what I knew about. Saw it. some pretty art on the splash on the screens between there and getting to the character creator. Mm-hmm. And then got to the character creator and there was two characters on screen. So I was like, oh, this is how they're presenting me the gender choice. And then I customized the woman. Uh, I was like, okay, I'll play as the lady. Named? Dracula, of course. Of course. Naturally. <laughs> Idle Thumbs readers would know that by now. Um, and then it didn't, I thought I like locked it in and mm-hmm. was moving forward, but then there was still a man there. So I customized the man. And now I have two. And you play with like, multiple you have a team but i guess it will grow and i'll have a party but it controls like diablo and i I started to play just those two characters i heard that was just the game i think there's more no no no. somebody said you had more oh okay i'm so sorry every reader who's listening to this is 50 hours into this game because it's not particularly new but it's one it's a game where you do the it's so nice to go into a game having not read anything about it by the way or any reviews, and just know that people I respect think no it's good. No one talked about it on podcasts yet? Exactly. Sorry. <laughs> but to sit down with zero expectations and be surprised by the first thing I did, which was the thing I've done in so many other games, and then be drop, have my characters dropped onto the world and click and see both of them kind of go over there in a very naturalistic way and know that I can use them as a team and I have one as a melee and one as a ranged. And I, it was just so fresh. It was so... And the art is beautiful. It's very, very... It's gorgeous in the way that I remember Diablo 2 being gorgeous, looking down like at, at the world. I'm so excited. I played none percent of it and went, okay, I'm coming back. Because I didn't have a lot of time. But I was like, oh, this is, this is gonna, I know what this is. I and know you grabbed your hat and your suitcase and jumped out of the house to the International, basically? Yeah, basically. I know what this is. But then I went, oh my, I like paused it. Because I, no, 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 no. I don't want to get into a, anything major here. I just, this is going to be a good <laughs> video game. Yeah. I'll come back. To, I'll, I'll, I'm coming back. So you should get it and then we should co-op. Because apparently the drop-in, drop-out co-op is also very, 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 very good. Oh, shit. Cool. And I'll, on that note, we can all play. I, I want to try yeah. Destiny Co-op as well because it definitely feels like that's what that game oh, is. Oh, that was the question that for. I had for you. Not actually about the co-op, but about, I know in the alpha I didn't play it um, because I only had a, a couple hours with it. But did you play any of like the arena combat-y, like the, the closer to multiplayer stuff? No, I, I didn't. And I, I was curious just I because should. with all of the dynamic random weapon stuff, I wanted to know like... I know. How do you how I, do you build up a precision acumen in multiplayer when there's just well, a people, thousand loadouts? Well, no, people do. People do that with Call of Duty. People do that with Titanfall. People do it. I just don't. I've never liked it. I've tried to get into it a lot with those with the, with with games like that. Um, and I've I've just never been. Really, it's never taken with me. Like all the multiplayer games that I've ever really gotten into are things like Halo, Starcraft. Um, I mean Quake. Games where just like everyone is on the same down field. Yes, yeah. exactly. That's all. those are the only games that have ever connected with me. Multiplayer games enough for me to play for a long time, right? Same. Like I've I've spent like a few days or a couple weeks with tons of of multiplayer games, but on, the only ones that would grab me for months at a time, or like in some cases years at a time, are the ones where I know. And I'm the I'm the exact same way with board games, right? Like I tip, I typically don't like board games that are super content heavy and have tons of really specific rules that come up when you play one card. I like board games that have a comprehensible number of 
fairly simple mechanics that are always on the board all the time. They're not like secret in a deck or something. Um, but everyone knows what's, knows what the variables are at any given time. Um, you don't have to like make a deck for it or anything, but those, those variables and systems can interact in like really cool, surprising ways. Those are just the kinds of multiplayer wise. Those are the games I like, right? Single player, whatever. I'll do it, whatever. Um, so, and, and co-op is also kind of a little softer in that regard, right? Cause co-op so much of it is just like you bouncing around with your friends. So I, I would like to play co-op destiny, but the reality for me in the last several years has been, there isn't really a time where I'm, and, and this is me, right? This is not like a criticism of anything or anything necessarily relevant to any other human this is just me. But with co-op stuff, I find it so hard to find time where I'm excited to play co-op because I have so little time that's purely to myself just in my life that by the time I can actually set aside some time to play a video game, I kind of don't want to be accountable to anyone else, you know, like I'll play. I, I I don't know. I, even if I'm playing multiplayer, that is somehow easier than playing co-op because I don't care if I let down like just someone on the other team on the internet. No, you should play Dota. <laughs> no, no, I shouldn't because then I'm letting down my friends on my own team. That's what I'm saying. Right, right, right. I mean, you can play, you just join a pub. And yeah, I don't. That's sad. stressful. I'm kidding. Right. <laughs> um, but I don't know, I, and that's that's like just that's just me. Like I don't expect that to be really. It is to tough anyone, though. But. I don't know though. If I saw one of you guys, I'm usually on my computer between nine and twelve. Mm-hmm. Doing something. If I saw one of you guys get on the Steam, I'd probably say, "Hey, you want to co-op this thing?" Yeah, well, do do that. I mean, please do that, right? Because well, I, I mean, I the like... first part has to happen. <laughs> I know, that's the yeah. hard part, though, right? Yeah, yeah like, right. And that's because you're spending personal time. And I feel right. the same way. And with, man, with when Destiny, I get home, like... I don't want to talk to a human, mm-hmm. like any anybody. Yeah, yeah. And I like in Destiny, even just playing with single player without anyone else in my in- private instance in my own one, I can't even pause the game. Because it's just designed right. to be going all the time once you're in that instance. Right. Like, I can't even pause the game and get up and go to the bathroom without dying. Like, I, I, this is my time. I need it to be on my terms, you know? Like, right. it's stressful to me. I'm happy to play a game that's, like, grueling and difficult, right? Like, that's why I play Halo and Legendary. Like, I'm fine with that. I'll put myself through the fucking gauntlet. Like, I mean, I will. Like, that's your core game. That's fine. But, <laughs> but I, not being able to just, like, pause it when I want... Or, and, you know, like, feeling like I'm, I don't know. Sorry, just, when you said pause it when I want, I thought of you. Like, like, po- like, like putting like, forward a point? Right. Like, like, <laughs> po- like stop walking in the game. Now, and going, see here, huh, Bungie. This is a very interesting creative choice. <laughs> I assume. Yeah. yeah. And this is, like, it's a bullshit criticism because, obviously, it's like that for a very clear right. and it's, well it's def- like, to defensible the defensible reason. Like, it's right. not a bad thing that they did. Right. It's just a bummer because... I play it and I'm like, this is just, I want to like this a lot more than I do. And I will give it that chance for sure. Like mm-hmm. I will try the co-op. I'll try the arena stuff and see. Um, it just like, I, I don't know. I wish I were more excited to do that. You right. have the potential to be the best destiny player ever by, so just, you should take up that. I don't care. think so. Uh, I, cause I never got that good at stuff like call of duty or anything games with loadouts and like, Per leveling up and persistence like just, maybe I, I that's what sets you apart what what <laughs> i don't know what you're saying maybe you're I, saying that's like my secret strength yeah <laughs> i'll rise above oh 
Yeah, probably. Good, good far sound. Yeah, you want to take a break? Mm, I, yeah. Do you not want to take a break? No, it's fine. You're the most petulant person. <laughs> well, I was, <laughs> I was, if when you were saying that you now feel like a Halo player in like a Call of Duty multiplayer world, I was going to compare you to the uh, to the girl who does figure skating who then gets conscripted uh, to join the Mighty Ducks. <laughs> So maybe that's you. I see. That's probably. I thought it, the goalie was the cat, but you're talking about the other girl. Yeah. The cat isn't the figure skater. No. She's just a badass goalie. Yeah. You know, that, 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 could story, also be Chris, that story had gone the other way already. It's just a reverse cutting edge. What? The badass hockey player becomes the figure skater. Mm. Huh. The reverse cutting edge. I'm saying Mighty Ducks 3, I think is when that one was in. No, no, I, no. 2. It was the, the Junior Olympics one. Is when they got the... I thought Figure Skater Lady was number one, original Mighty Ducks. Was it? I thought it was classic ducks. Oh, you might be right. I think you are. Cool. Anyway, Cutting Edge still came out before Mighty Ducks. That's fine. Chris can be either. The Either way, it's fine. It's Chris. You're like Emilio Estevez in the Mighty Ducks. <laughs> <laughs> you're, like, you're like an alcoholic lawyer forced to, forced to be the <laughs> hockey coach of a, of a shitty team. You'll be, so you're going to be fine. Great. Are you enjoying your new life as Emilio Estevez? I love it. Okay, good. I'm not I bad. Love it. Estevez? What a great name. Son of a president. Put that on my business cards. And now we should take a break. And talk about... so hot. I was so confused that Emilio Estevez and Charlie Sheen were related for so fucking long when I was a kid. What it made really? no... They're brothers! What? Yes! They're both sons of Martin Sheen. It's because Martin Sheen's actual name is Estevez. What? Are you serious right now? I didn't know any of this. <laughs> yeah, that's why I said he's the son of a president. So wait, when did he <laughs> President Bartlett? When did when did he thread the needle of changing his name so that Early, his kids ended young. up with different names? What? No, I think they. The, I think they both Estevez old... just chose to, to take the real name, whereas Charlie is, Sheen chose yeah, when to take he was the stage like fifteen, name. when he was young. Yeah, young, he was like no. Nope, before, before the Breakfast Sheen Club. sounds more like an action movie star than any of those guys. But Amelia Estevez is still a better name. It's a good name for sure. Yeah, don't get me wrong. Yeah, man. That guy had a good. He had a. He but was like, like Martin Estevez, please. Yeah, I know that's that's pretty lame. Yeah, Sheen. Martin Sheen is the guy doing coke in the jungle with Francis Ford <laughs> Coppola, having no less than one, two heart attacks. Yeah, excuse me, on the set of Apocalypse Now. The ripe old age of like 30, 29. That's you want to take a break. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot believe you didn't know that. Yeah. Video game. We would like to thank our wonderful sponsor, Squarespace. Squarespace is a really great uh, website platform where you can build an online store, a blog, a portfolio. It'll look clean and nice and professional and very customizable. It'll look great on an iOS device. <laughs> Let's look- just say I had mobile. On mobile. It's like a smart screen, Android, like a touch Windows screen, or like a second screen. How do you think it would look on, say, a Nexus 7? I, I think pretty good. You think good? I bet it would look. I bet it would look. How do you think it would look on the new Motorola phone? That probably probably great. How do you look on a Windows phone? Super good. good. How about like the PlayStation Three web browser? (laughs) (laughs) That's a very good question. I'm sure it's gonna look nice. Still look good. I don't know if it's gonna like do anything special via there because of that particular browser. But I'm sure I have faith. What about the what about the you, Wii U browser on the tablet controller thing. 
I couldn't say because I didn't know that we even had a web browser. Of course it does. The regular we did. Yeah. Had Opera. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Optimized for Wii U Opera. How about on someone's grandma's God, web TV? Next time I make a website, I'm putting a little badge at the bottom that says this site looks best in Wii U Opera. And next Can I, I give it'll... you a little piece of advice about that? Uh-huh. If you're going the next website you build, yeah. you should probably decide to sign up for Squarespace. Mm-hmm. Okay. But you should really make sure to go to squarespace.com and use the offer code, code THUMBS, mm-hmm. T-H-U-M-B-S. Mm-hmm. You'll get 10% off your first purchase. It doesn't natively, they're like, I don't think they're like, they're like UI for building your sites. Doesn't pro- probably doesn't have the drop-in button for putting the Wii U supported in there, but you can really I'll easily customize that, your theme. Yeah, so you can make that, put that my in profile picture. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I think then the only you will see it, but that's okay. That's all that matters. Mm-mm. Everyone's going to see it, Jake. They'll all see it. You'll see. On my Wii U. Oh, my God. Goodbye. So thank you, Squarespace. And and thank good- you, Nintendo Wii U web browser. No, I mean, we appreciate that it exists, but <laughs> we're thanking Squarespace right now. Oh. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Squarespace. Squarespace.com, offer code thumbs. And thanks, Wii U web browser. That's Thanks, not Jake. part of the role. Oh. Video games. Oh! <laughs> what was that? It was going to be a crow sound, but I couldn't get it all the way there. Your pig is better than your crow. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. God, you're the pig way better than you're the crow. <laughs> Fucking four decades of smoking crow. <laughs> That's... Yeah. I was going to try to talk about like selling that to King Feature Syndicate or something, but I yeah, got nothing. Four decades of smoking crow. Ooh, we're back! <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> From okay? the brink. Whew. We were doing some sweet like mantling moves. Yeah, sure. Man, brink. I, I played that game a lot, weirdly. That, that is that weird. weird. I mean, it's kind of... It just. What's the weird count on the episode, you think? The like Remo 4,000? Weird count. <laughs> I would call this episode Weird 4,000. <laughs> no. no you I will, will not. I, not. I mean, I would call it that, but I'm not saying what it will be called. Right. We've already... Did I ever tell you guys about oh, God. The, t- the time <laughs> I was in college? And my- <laughs> Good. This is not like an outrageous college story. It was just a dumb thing. Um, and it's getting better. My, ro- my roommate in... Um, college. My roommate, Barack Obama... <laughs> For when you're in, for when you're in college, <laughs> I gotcha. <laughs> this is very unexpected. Yeah, it's like how Al Gore and Tommy Lee Jones are roommates at Yale. It's very weird, mm-hmm. strange, peculiar, coincidental. Oh, yeah. I think I actually knew that. Yeah, um, for Tommy Lee and their brother. Tommy Lee Jones made sure everybody knew when Al Gore is running for president, <laughs> and they're the same person. <laughs> For one year in college, I lived in uh, a dorm called Bowles Hall, which was like the oldest. Like Simpson Bowles? Um, I don't know. Uh, what? Uh, probably not. Not named after the senator. I I doubt it because this was the oldest still standing dorm on campus. It was a male only dorm, which sucked. It was a just. It was basically a frat, but like an actual campus dorm. You know what I mean? Like it was mm-hmm. that was the menta- it had all of these stupid frat like traditions that went back a hundred years. You went to years. Berkeley. I had to think for a long yeah, time yeah, where yeah. you went to college. Yeah, I went to Berkeley. Yeah. And um 
it was just it was dumb in a lot of ways related to that. But anyway, that's not really relevant, I suppose. My roommate at one time, uh, I had like a little. We had a suite of four guys, and then we each had our own little Sweet. bedroom, you know, that fed into it. And I was coming out one day, and my roommate was. I'd walk through his room to leave the you know our suite. Did your own private room. Yeah, there was like a suite, but then there were right, multiple, right. But your sleeping private, area, you yes, could, it was yeah. a pod of your own. Yes, That's which right. was, it was why, a pod of your own. That was why I lived there that year. Oh my god, I would have loved that. It, I don't. I didn't think. I didn't find it to be worth it. Like the next year. Oh, I'll tell you why it's worth it. I have really bad vision, and I sleep with my contacts out. So my vision is so bad that I could look to my left into a bed and not know if there was a person in it, mm-hmm. and that got me in trouble a few times when it comes to just like being free sure. with my noises and yeah. nudity <laughs> being like my roommate's not here <gasps> yeah sure. yeah uh-huh. oh he's oh. Yeah. yeah not yeah. good fair enough it's very embarrassing yeah i went back to the podcast recently, please. So interesting. <laughs> remove that i will not please nope um so i, I was walking through <laughs> my roommates room. just three guys on this episode yeah <laughs> sorry sorry everyone um and he was playing um uh, do you realize by the flaming lips? Um, mm-hmm. from that's from Yoshimi, right? Yoshimi Battles of Pink Robots, I think. Well, You're yes. a big flaming lips fan, bigger than both of us combined. Yeah, probably so. And although I, recently, not I don't care so much. But anyway, <laughs> this was your friend in that band now. Ouch. What's that? Nothing. Um, and and I, I was just very offhandedly. I'm like, oh yeah, you, you you're into this album. You like this band? And he's like, yeah, man, great. And I was like, yeah, flaming lips. And he's like, what? I was like, this is, a, this is a Flaming Lips, right? And listen to the Flaming Lips right now. And he's like, fuck no, man. This is Power Man 5000. <laughs> and that's the end of the story. Was it not? It was definitely Do You Realize by the Flaming Lips. Was this when Napster was still around? And this was yes, just- this was like oh, okay. Pete so we're in, we're, in, we're in ID3 tag incorrect zone for, yeah for sure but i just i love the we should id3 that... tag this podcast as like garbage slate's cultural gab fest God, i started listening to that after finally a political after gab fest been or cultural the gab cultural gab fest. oh i don't listen to cultural gab oh fest. i thought that's what you recommended i listen to political gab fest oh okay well, i'll try that David plots i really like the culture one i listened to recently mm-hmm. Anchorson is good yeah all those slate people i like a lot um at least their podcasts but um anyway uh I liked the idea that he was so, like, offended that he would be listening to the Flaming Lips instead of a h- fucking hardcore, like, Power Man 5000, but just was. That's really funny Like, so oblivious. It was amazing. I, that is one of those experiences where just that, like, three-sentence exchange is just occupies – it has chiseled out a place in my memory that it will never leave. You know, That's it's really just, sad, though. Yeah. Because that's going to be, like, when you – Conk your head on something that's going to be your. <laughs> that's what's going to go. Yeah, it's going to just. You're yeah. going to hold on to that one. You're just going to be running that on the loop. Yeah, oh, I see. Yeah. When Jake said weird 4000, it reminded me of fucking oh, Man Power Man. Thank you for getting us back to why yeah. that story fucking mattered. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was a pleasure to listen to. <sighs> yeah. I was going to set the artist on this episode's ID3 tag to Power Man 5000, but I realized <laughs> that now that we upload the episodes to SoundCloud, I think it actually strips all that metadata out and just uses the official metadata that we put in there. Mm I've like the last 10 episodes. I always just change the genre of the episode and stuff for no reason, but yeah. now no one knows anymore. Uh, that's a bummer. <sighs> Speaking of which, we're on SoundCloud now. Yeah. Go to soundcloud.com slash podcast if you like SoundCloud. If you dare. And want to follow us on it. I mean, obviously, you can keep just subscribing to the RSS feed or on iTunes or just going to the website. Those are all still fine. But if you like SoundCloud, and some people do, um, we're there. We're on it. 
you can follow us. You can comment on stuff. I think. Yeah, you, you can, can do like, inline comments on yeah, SoundCloud. You can re-re really back catalog the coming soon to SoundCloud. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right now, it's only the last couple months. Man, ago. actually, this is a, a good time to once again. It's Johnny Driggs who does yeah. our YouTube. Yes. Yeah, Idle Thumbs reader Johnny Driggs just does puts every episode up on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Ah, this is because uh, we can't go through an idle thumbs in the summer of 2014 without talking about Justin McElroy. So he sent me a message saying, how the hell the hell do you guys do your episodes on YouTube all the time? And I was like, Oh, I know how <laughs> a secret, Lord. secret weapon. Yeah. The secret weapon secret is a Lord. fucking Lord. You find a guy who is doing it already and then give him the login to your YouTube account and say, just upload these to uh, our account instead of your account. Mm-hmm. And he's a nice guy. We hung out with him. Yeah, He's time. great. But so if you want to listen on YouTube, we're also there and they're annotated. So you can just time jump yeah. to any discussion. It's awesome. YouTube.com slash idle videos. That's yep. what you want for you tonight. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's just a little aside about different little places on the internet keeping. where you can yep. access our our content, where you can engage with the Althos brand. <laughs> it might also be worth saying that when we made the switch to SoundCloud for a myriad of reasons, uh, it sort of bungled various RSS bits and things like that, but we have that all ironed out, and uh, it's sucked, but it should be fine now. Definite, yeah. There was some bungling. There was definite bungling. Mm-hmm. The bungling empire. Classic Will Wright. Classic Broderbund. That's classic Broderbund meta lore. <laughs> Are the bunglers... Is Broderbund Carmen Sandiego? Yeah. yeah. Are the bunglers in that as well as the bungling empire? I guess not. I guess Carmen Sandiego has to take place in real life. No, Car- but yeah. throw you for a fucking loop where it's like, it seems like she's <laughs> taking her plane to the bungling empire. That's not in my <laughs> almanac. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah. What? Are you looking up some reader mail from you to readers? I am doing that. Oh, oh! While we're doing housekeeping, yeah. The shirt vote two weeks up. We have a winner. A winner has been crowned. Jake, are you excited? Shirts of my face. Oh, sorry. I thought I was the winner. <laughs> <laughs> the, the Jake. No. So people not. had the opportunity to vote between uh, a shirt that was uh, the Idle Thumbs Wizard logo, which was like our gold foil T-shirt from the Kickstarter, but now in purple and green, the colors of the wizard. One of them was an Idle Thumbs logo evocative uh, of a film starring Tom Cruise where he flies planes around that is called Top Gun. I thought I was going to not say the name. And then one <laughs> nice, that was a... Nice one. Yeah. And then... Way to really get around that Paramount <laughs> lawsuit. Whatever. And uh, also a shirt that looks like the Guitar Hero logo, but it says Accordion Hero. <laughs> oh, no, sorry. Uh, <laughs> a shirt that was the Idle Thumbs logo that glowed in the dark in a way that was really spooky. Um, mm-hmm. So scary, I would say. It was, I would say it was so scary. Um, that shirt was the Dishonored winner. <laughs> the shirt that was the real winner was the Wizard. Yeah. So mm-hmm. the Wizard has gone to press, and we'll be selling Wizard shirts in the semi near future. Next Although, we'll announce it. It's, yeah. We should point out, perhaps, that. The vote this time was actually really close between all three designs. We had a lot of votes. So we did. We, yeah. Whereas in the previous, when we chose our previous um, shirt design, Idlevice the one that became butt. Idlevice completely destroyed the other two options. So this time it was really close. So we probably will at some point or another keep get, an eye out like, for, for yeah. the losers. <laughs> <laughs> classic, oh, a- classic aphorism from yeah. Jake here. Keep an eye on the losers. <laughs> No, so we're doing the we're doing the wizard now, and we like the other designs, or we wouldn't have put them up for a vote. And a lot of people like them as well, so we'll investigate other shirts appearing. But first, that sick wizard shirt. I'm excited for it. But even more first, reader mail. Depends on how long this reader mail is. Matthew Cole writes, "Dear Thumbs, 
Uh, as I someone whose gaming history included a strange convergence of King of Fighters and Dance Dance Revolution around 1999, let me tell you, I think that's a lot. I, I think a lot of people that was probably true for. For what? King of Fighters and Dance Dance Revolution around 1999. Yeah. I've never actually played King of Fighters, but that was a thing I remember people mm-hmm. being really into, yeah. you know. At the time. Same. Um, anyway, he says, as someone who, who, you know, for whom those two games converged at that time, let me tell you exactly how a fighting game with a dance pad plays out. Painfully. To do a fireball motion, the quarter circle forward and punch basically involves shuffling your leg like the thriller dance, but faster, followed by a pratfall onto the right arrow and X button simultaneously. This does not feel good, but the advantage is that your opponent, if he is also playing on a dance pad, has limited evasive options, so even a simple Hadouken maneuver can be devastating. Our fake video game fight was essentially a contest to see who could injure themselves the most in real life. Never again. Keep casting, keep dreaming, and kilo. Thanks, Matthew Cole. <laughs> keep casting, keep dreaming, and kilo just elevates that. Is email. that why you read that email? Because of the good sign off? No, good sign off. No, it's not. But because it was relevant to a cast, but but also quality sign off. Right. Very good sign off, Matthew. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's I'm good. surprised there aren't like maybe there are easily available videos of this. Probably there are, but they're probably bad. Mm-hmm. I want someone to do this right. I want someone to do this with an event. Like, like, well, the, the biggest event for this is Mega Gurp, which is not a real fighting game, but That's it's true. playing mm-hmm. playing Gurp on dance mats is is pretty good. Although I guess that game isn't as like rapid fire. Like you got to execute controller moves with your feet. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Dante Douglas writes, "Hot jeans talk over here." Hi, I'm Dante. A quick clarification on jeans regarding the last episode and discussion about Alan Wake's jeans. Okay, pants. Oh, yeah, I was not Dino DNA. G or J. <laughs> About, I thought this was like. What is it? Quit talking about genes, like genetics. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah trousers. Uh, Dante Douglas writes: the definition these of these th- sorts of things varies by brand. The general consensus on denim cuts is that skinny jeans are skinny all the way down, mm-hmm. no or little taper from thigh to ankle opening. Correct. Slim are usually similarly cut, but with generally wider opening throughout the leg. And regular fit are the widest. Then you get into variants of taper. Mm-hmm. Relaxed fit jeans usually taper outward to some degree, ending with a larger leg opening than thigh opening. Though this varies based on brand. Bootcut jeans are tapered to the knee, then flared. Mm-hmm. Levi's bootcut jeans were basically just repackaged bell bottoms after the 1970s ended, and no one wanted to buy bell bottoms. The rebranding worked, and for some reason, people actually think you have to wear bootcut jeans if you're going to wear boots. Mm-hmm. The ankle opening is larger than the knee opening, and the knee opening is usually smaller than the thigh. Standard taper, again, no real such thing as standard, but whatever, is just that. A taper from the thigh ending in a smaller ankle opening. Since the cut, size, and length and taper are all interchangeable, you end up with stuff like relaxed taper jeans, slim bootcut jeans, etc., in a bunch of waist and inseam variants. Judging by pictures of our buddy Alan Wake, the stacking of fabric near the boot is more characteristic of a tapered or skinny cut, even if the devs may call it regular fit. In real life, jeans with a wider leg opening often fall straighter down the leg due to lack of reason to clump up. My guess is the devs wanted that cool 1940s jeans look that everyone likes, but didn't want to give the character skinny jeans for whatever other reason. Probably stigma around the term skinny jeans, but that's another story. Um, he links to some pictures that he says are safe for work. But Can you please do this to the rest of Alan Wake and Jay Allard's wardrobe? I know, I know, like, right? <laughs> come on. Was there a question as so to gene cut on the podcast? Danielle we was talked talking about, about how Jay Allard dresses super hip, but he has what were referred to as regular cut jeans. The devs like made a point of calling so, them you mean, yeah. you, you mean Alan Wake, Alan not Wake. Jay Allard. Oh, yeah. Sorry. You can well, we also discussed Jay Allard and his fashion choices. Those were the same discussion. I assume that any discussion of, <laughs> of a man's clothes somehow included <laughs> yeah, Jay Allard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we're talking about how Alan Wake and Jay Allard layer similarly. Yeah. yeah. You've got a layer. It's a Pacific Northwest. So let me close out this guy's email. He just says, <laughs> um, basically, two of my biggest interests in life are fashion and video games. <laughs> and, I don't, closed. <laughs> and I don't get a lot of chances to talk about them intersecting. Love the show. Listen to it all the time, etc. Something, something, Nick Breck and Dante Douglas. 
So yeah. that, was, that, was, that was educational. If, and if, yes, if, Dante, could, if you want to show it, been here if you want to just dive in on either, on either Jay or Allen or both, we'll, we'll take it. Yeah, please, please do that. Um, a Jay Allard evolution dissection would oh my probably God. be the best reader mail just that could ever exist. Yeah. yeah. Year by year, essentially. Oh, man. Um, yes. You got to end with the Xbox One Jay Allard, though. But he's got those big square glasses. Yeah, true. That, like, weird hipster Mr. Magoo. Jay Allard. He looked so happy in that Xbox One video. He looked like he was at peace. That's true. Um, That's well, all we can really help. William yeah. Neil Scott says, question for Sean. Mm-hmm. Hey, Thumbs. Uh, forget, forgot that I questioned for Sean in my previous email. Oh, he must have written the previous email. Um, I, was, <laughs> I was listening through old episodes where you were talking about certain choices you made in The Walking Dead. Oh. As a player, I always hit a point in grim survival horror type games where I realized that if I were in the main character's shoes, I would probably just end the situation rather than keep going. I understand this wouldn't have been possible until the final episode, but was there ever discussion about Lee giving up entirely? All the best, Neil Scott, Calgary. Hmm. I think this is a question that could probably theoretically be applied more broadly than Walk- The Walking Dead, but he did address it to you. It's a good question. Was there? I mean, was I mean, you were there, Jake, and you were there. Was I? I this mean, question it, was you addressed there, you, to you. You, 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 you were there in body, and not necessarily in spirit. <laughs> <laughs> i was just in the room warming it <laughs> yeah you're just counting this passing time uh no i mean <clears throat> when you design a game like the walking dead it's all about what's continuing to push the character forward like literally because there are zombies behind them uh and that was a big thematic point of the walking dead at that time everything just continually to move forward whether it's a scene that you don't respond to or lee literally moving through the game like left to right or through the scene or into the next scene so most of our conversations were around that we just how do we keep lee moving forward therefore the player moving forward therefore the game moving forward therefore like it all being like thematically sound the game moves forward, time moves forward, zombies move forward. Yeah, the outside game, of your control. That game was all basically just built to give you absolutely no way that you could ever give up. Like between yeah, the design of that, existing, the zombies yeah. being there. Like there's the whole point of that. Like it was like a relent- it was supposed to be relentless in design, both systemically and thematically, because that's what the the subject matter was about. Because um, people think sometimes it was just like us trying to reimagine the adventure game, but I don't think that was necessarily true. No, it was about a lot, especially early on. It was about how do you hem in all those ways that someone could see as an avenue to just escape and say fuck everything and just close off every single door as aggressively yeah. as possible to keep you. But stuck at the same in time, it. like I mean, I told a story in the podcast when it comes to the survival games in general about like the challenge of giving up. Trying to kill myself in Day Z was a whole new game <laughs> when I got poisoned <laughs> yeah. and had all my shit taken and was barefoot in the rain at night, figuring out how I was going to kill myself when I couldn't find zombies just so I could start again and get out yeah. of this fucking hell that I was in yeah. was that's terrifying. Yeah. Oh, it was not an enjoyable experience. No, I know. I'm just even hearing you say it is terrifying. I wrote an account of it on Storify a while back. I think I've talked about it on the podcast. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, I think there's something really interesting to that, but I think you can't just make a choice like that because you think it's interesting. You sort of have to. Yeah, you then, have to. It has to really be. That is the whole. Yeah, exactly. Kit and You're making a game about that. Yeah. That's what so doing. all the systems yeah. and design have to work towards it. Uh, and you come up with the thematics and the like, the theme and mechanics first. So 
it's sort of those choices preclude the ability to talk about like, Oh, wouldn't it be cool? If, like what if lead has killed himself here? Um, sorry, that's a really dumb way of putting it, but <laughs> that conversation can't happen because the themes and mechanics, um, have sort of already ruled that out. Uh, yeah, I don't think we ever actually talked about the idea of giving up like that never ever actually came up anywhere in any of the possibility space that we would ever even consider. No. I don't think. No. Cause I mean, and even though spoiler, I'm giving you a, like a 10 count. <laughs> so, cause in case you actually didn't play the walking dead and want to want to can't imagine if you wanted to, you wouldn't have already, but this cause Lee doesn't make it through the story. I don't think you can read the ending as him giving up, but I don't know. Even though he literally does not get up when Clementine says get up. <laughs> I don't know. He's not really giving up. He just literally can't go any further. I read that as a huge moment of weakness on the part of that. <laughs> I was actually thinking about that the other day, though. Um, how The Walking Dead ending is actually not is not tragic in the way that people um, maybe think it is. At least I was thinking about that because I was trying to work. I was working on Firewatch and trying to think about that fucking game. <laughs> um but like the Walking Dead ending is was at least tragic for me because like Lee was pursuing redemption that I don't think he actually needed to pursue. And I realize that's what that game was about, is that Lee was continually trying to like right a wrong by taking care of Clementine, but I think there was actually the I don't know. I don't think he actually had any wrong that he needed to write. I think he was fine. I don't know. It was dealing dealing with self inflicted guilt. Yeah, and it ends really sad because you see, like, I don't know, like I, the way they anim, like the way those guys animated the last scene, like when Lee like dies, especially if you let if you if she leave him, right? Uh, he sort of has this look on his face where he's like, "Oh, she'll be fine. I'm at peace," even though it's delusional. But the whole thing has kind of been a delusion because I don't think Lee ever needed to redeem himself. I don't think he was. I don't know. Let's think about that recently. But that was what we always talked about, right? But I don't actually think he actually like. I morally as an audience member don't think he needed to. Anyway. I'm far enough away from it now where I can think about these things. <laughs> cool. Sorry, I'm the sort of person who would now, like, I don't want to just get into it on the podcast because I don't see the point, but I now <laughs> just want to keep talking about Walking Dead Season 1 and Lee's motivation <laughs> on this fucking cast for 20 minutes. But I actually agree, and yeah, I agree. That's all. Only took me what? Almost two years to come to that conclusion. <laughs> Check back on Idle Thumbs three hundred and eleven for my breakdown of the thematic implications of Firewatch. <laughs> for, us, for us missing the boat on some key thematic points. It's funny that Henry sort of had it all fucking twisted, didn't he? <laughs> oh. He didn't even need to go out there in the first place. We'll be recording this podcast from underneath a bridge. <laughs> Our cardboard studio. After Don't knock it. After Hopefully by then we'll have released that one file that's sitting on the hard drive. <gasps> oh man, can't can't spoil that. I know, I almost just said hopefully that's when we release the file. Which has nothing to do with Walking Dead or Firewatch or anything like that, but I just... Yeah. Future time, things locked in the vault. When we're right. Um, <laughs> Reader Mail more? Done? I think we're all set. If you have a reader mail, write us to questions at idlethumbs.net. Also, we did a million miles of housekeeping earlier in the episode, 
But now I so will rewind say, and listen to those. So <laughs> all I'll say is rate us on iTunes. No, um, all, all I'll say <laughs> is follow us on Twitter at Idle Thumbs. No, no, sorry. Um, what I actually wanted to say is if you're a Kickstarter backer, <laughs> you said the other two things. <laughs> yeah, all I want to say is we're on SoundCloud. We already said that. Um, <laughs> no, if you're a Kickstarter backer who backed us at the two hundred dollar tier or oh, this above, is important. Listen. And you, thank you. And <clears throat> you haven't yet gone through the steps to get your Idle Thumbs Music of the Thumb vinyl EP, please do that by September 1st because we're trying to get that done. Yeah. If yeah. you don't They're want sitting it, in then a don't do anything. You don't like have to, to do anything and it's fine. Yeah. Just know that we're going to um, – we're going to just – Sell the rest, because <laughs> I mean a bunch of. I'm just saying, like a bunch, you know, a bunch. They're of readers actually just have, sitting in a warehouse uh, taking up space yes. right now. And a bunch of readers have contacted yeah. us, hoping they could buy one, but they're all sold out. So if people who backed at that level don't want them, you can just let that expire, and um, that's fine. But if you do want it, um, please, it's, it's waiting for you right now. Yeah, so find just, the email. Like, just search your email for uh, Idle Thumbs Kickstarter and. Find the email where we sent you. We'll your also code. be sending out a Kickstarter reminder to people at that tier and above sometime in the next week. Yeah. So, um, if you didn't get the old email because you've changed your email address or anything else, change your Kickstarter email address now so that to when your we current one. So, yeah, to yeah. your current address so that when we send the update out, you'll get the information for how to redeem the album if you haven't yet redeemed it. Yeah, because um, a number of people did get theirs, but there's still quite a few backers whose albums are still outstanding and just just. And it is an outstanding album. <laughs> oh, I think it's good. Thanks, John. I'm glad I did it. You're glad you made it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Me too. Uh, the album is by Chris Ramo. <laughs> All right. I thought we were done when I said Chris Ramo. Another idle thumbs in the bag, guys. <laughs> How was it? Fantastic. Now it's time for our idle thumbs recap show. <laughs> Remember post, in Chris What are the pros and cons of this episode of Idle Thumbs? Chris's hair. Pros, Chris talking about hair. Chris's hair. Chris's hair. Cons. You need a haircut. The dude. stuff Chris didn't like about Destiny. It's time for a Chris's trend. need of a haircut. Mm-hmm. You made that half life three more gag. Cons, oh, that was pretty good. One of the high points. Yeah. How are we on the pluses and minuses here? About even? I don't know. I don't know. I'd rent it. <laughs> <laughs> Tilt. What's the fun factor of this episode of Idle Thumbs? Low. <laughs> For who? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you did talk about The Walking Dead, and I've really, I mean, I've kind of been holding out, waiting for that conversation to finally hit the thumb. Yeah, but then con <laughs> spoilers, so. Yeah. Oh. Pros, gene talk. Con, wrong kind of genes. <laughs> Pros, learn about Alan Wake's fucking gene cut <laughs> in extreme detail. Cons, list of pros and cons, and a recap segment at the end of episode. <laughs> cons, no reference to con air. Uh, well, pro, reference made. <laughs> pro, it ended. <laughs> that's obviously the end of the episode, right? Yeah. You're going to not put all that other bullshit in. That was a fucking oh, that's going turd, turd factory. That was a the Play-Doh turd factory. <laughs> God, I interpreted that as like Plato, the I philosopher. Have you ever read Plato's classic turd factory? He talks about the separation. Like, of, he talks about like the separation of powers was inside the turd factory. <laughs> he who produces the turd, and then he who packages the turd. Mainly, he just talks about turds. Yeah, 
it was a sort of a yeah God. Plato's Turd Factory. <laughs> well, now we have to keep all this content. It's like, cool, yeah, it's on Plato's Turd Factory, because last episode was about skeletons farting. I feel like we got to be on a fucking roll here. we so, got to let people know. Episode, episode one, Danielle, we still got it. Episode 169 is just going to be called Diarrhea yeah. at this stage, the way we're going. <laughs> yeah. A wet fart. I don't know, we already did a fart episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Excrement. <laughs> With an exclamation point. <laughs> Idle thumbs one seventy two. A trickle of discharge. Oh God! Feces. <laughs> feces. Pieces. <laughs> Reese's feces. Another fantastic. Look, it's feces pieces. <laughs> feces. Feces pieces. Spelled F E C E S P I E C E S. You know Sorry, that? this says feces pieces. <laughs> no, that doesn't rhyme. It says feces pieces. <laughs> God, feces pieces. Out of control. Feces pieces. Why are, we're so tired and warm that we're not even getting up to end the podcast. No, we're just going to keep saying stupid stuff. What if we turn this into a four-hour podcast? Let's go. Okay, guys. <laughs> guys, guys. What so about, I beat two more guys in Shovel Knight. Peasters. <laughs> beat two more guys. Peasters. Peasters. <laughs> That's like that classic NES game, Fe- Feasters Queast. <laughs> You're the worst. <laughs> I don't think I am. I think I'm going to be the one who keeps this four-hour marathon going with Feaster's Queast discussion. <laughs> Off the cuff, no Skype. <laughs> goodbye. Uh, no, no, this was over a long yeah, time don't ago. Don't say goodbye implying you're going to edit the shit in the podcast. As if it needs to be. <laughs> what is that fucking sass face? <laughs> All I have to do is press the record button twice to cancel out of thumbs. Yeah. <laughs> I would have done that already. <laughs>